Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Colossians chapter 3. I love Colossians, right? Colossians is one of the prison epistles. Paul was writing this epistle from Rome. And you, a little bit about Paul, I mean, we look at Scripture, he penned, he penned the majority of the New Testament. All the letters that we have to follow as believers, the Holy Spirit, the mystery, the church, came through Paul. And Paul was used by Jesus to minister and to go to the Gentiles, you and I. There was no way for us to come to the Father. God came through the Jewish people. And we know how messed up they were because we saw that in order for us to have a relationship with God, he said he put these laws in order for us to follow, and none of us can follow those laws, guys. We try and we try. I mean, I got... Saved in January of 2000. And so we are in the year of 2020. 20 years. And I can look back in my own walk, in my own life. I was like, you know, when you first become a believer, you're on fire. Which you should be because the Holy Spirit, you're baptized into the Holy Spirit. You're baptized into Jesus. And you have all this new knowledge of him, right? It's something you are blinded. You are in darkness, and then you come to figure out all these holes that we have in our hearts that nothing can fulfill it except this man, Jesus Christ. And so we come to Jesus, and Paul is writing to the church in Colossae to encourage them not to deviate, not to get away from the simplistic of the gospel, which is a person Jesus Christ. So Paul's writing this gospel. He's writing this letter to the Colossi, to the city of Colossi, to the Colossians, to the church, to the believers in Colossi. And he's urging them not to go back to their old ways. So the audience that Paul is writing to, now think of this. This so Paul was in Ephesus, as you read, if you go to his background, he was in Ephesus for about two to three years ministering before he actually went to Rome to be in prison. And in Ephesus, he met this guy named Epaphras. Epaphras. And we're going to see that as, I, as we go through the uh, Colossians. And Epaphras was a Gentile. He was a sinner. Maybe his background, they served many different gods, right? They had gods for every single thing. And Epaphras was from that type of background. I mean, they were into idols. They were into worshiping everything, but they didn't worship the true God. So he was saved during Paul's ministry in the city of Ephesus. And Colossae was about 100 miles east of Ephesus. So it's like from here to Amarillo. I can't even think, man, how much time did they take to get from city to city? It's like you walked everywhere if you didn't have a, if you weren't fortunate enough to have like a buggy or a horse. I'm just thinking, I mean, we, we get in our cars and we drive to Amarillo, probably take about an hour and a half or so, right? But if you're walking the minister of the gospel, it's like, man, I thank God we live in 2020 where, you know, we're so convenient. We have all these convenient things. So Paul is writing to the church. So he's writing to the church from the prison in Rome. So Paul's awaiting his upcoming trial before Caesar. And one of the letters he wrote was to the gathering of believers in Colossae. So Paul had never met them because he never visited there. But Epaphras got saved. He heard the gospel. And what was the gospel? 
Jesus. Jesus. Jesus came, he died, and he's the only person that was raised to life and is in heaven, seated right next to the Father. So Paul had never met this church, but they knew him and who he was, and they respected his leadership. So Paul had worked with a man named Epaphras when when he was in Ephesus. Epaphras was originally from Colossae. Like I said, he was about 100 miles. So Paul sent Epaphras back to bring the good news about Jesus to the city and to two nearby cities, which were Laodicea and Heropolis. These are just like outskirts from where Colossae is at. It's like, you know, we have Wolferth right there or, you know, all these Slayton. Those were like the cities near it. So Epaphras was later arrested and brought to Rome. And as a prisoner himself, Paul learned from Epaphras. So Epaphras is giving a, basically a summary of what's going on in the church in Colossae. So Paul learned from him what was happening in those cities. And the Colossians were mostly Gentiles, like you and I. Are there any Jewish people in here, nationality-wise? No, I'm not, right? So we can see that the gospel not only came to the Jews, but it's now dispersing throughout the whole world in Paul's day. So like the Galatians, they were being pressured to follow the Jewish law, and we're going to see that as we cover the book of Colossians. And, we're adding, and they were adding extra rules and false teachings to their faith, and some of them were priding themselves on having visions and getting secret spiritual knowledge. So Paul writes to them, and he says, when you got Jesus, the Messiah, you got it all. The gospel came to you. It was simple. It was about a person, a man, Jesus Christ. Now you're trying to go back and you're trying to add all these things to Jesus. And he's warning them not to do that. So Paul emphasizes that all things in heaven and on earth were created by the Son, Jesus, and were reconciled, brought back to God by Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection. So Jesus, and he also, he wants to, he wants them to understand that Jesus is the preeminent above anything. Above anything here on earth, anything under earth, all the heavens, the principalities, anything that you can imagine that you and I, Jesus is above that. So we understand that we look in our world today and it's, it's messed up. We are messed up people in a messed up world. Without Jesus Christ, you're going to stay messed up no matter how much you try to fix yourself. That's the plain truth. And we go to truth to the Word of God. The Bible teaches us that the only person that can save us from our messed up place is Jesus Christ. And so Paul is telling these guys Epaphras came to you guys. He brought the good news and you heard about Jesus. Epaphras taught you that Jesus is everything. Jesus plus nothing is everything. But yet you're trying to go back to your old way of worshiping me and you're trying to add all these rules and regulations. You're trying to, and then in this audience, there's probably some, you know, Jewish people that came to the faith and they've been walking with God for a while. And we never know who's really saved or not. That's not our that's not our place. We don't know that. The Bible tells us to look at each other's fruit, you know, so we can have communion with one another. But truly, only you and God know that you're saved. I mean, I've been walking with God for 20, 20 years, and there's times that I can fake everybody else in this room. But you know what the dumb thing is? You can never fake God out. I realized that after walking with God so long. It's like, man, I could fake everybody out in my sphere of influence. But you can never get one over God. And it's silly of us. It's crazy for us 
to try and worship God and being fake. And what do I mean by fake? We think about it. This is what we were experiencing today. I mean, we try to come to God, you know, God, and we try to put our sort of rules and regulations in it, right? It's like church gathering together as believers becomes one of the rules that we put. Jesus plus going to church, which if you love Jesus, you will go to church. It's not, it's not like a, a have to or I gotta go do this, but I love God and I love the people of God, so that's why I come. Right? We don't come just to, man, I, I could think of a hundred other things I'd rather be doing. Being by the beach, fishing, riding my bike. But we gather as believers because we love Jesus. Because we love Jesus. And so in our way of thinking, it's like, Jesus loves me more because I go to church. Jesus is going to love me more because I'm in the scriptures every single day. And I follow my Bible, uh, one-year Bible, and I'm, I'm like, have you ever felt like this? When you miss a day of your one-year Bible, it's like guilt and shame just comes. Oh, you're not worthy. You miss a whole week. Oh, you're not worthy. You miss the whole week. That's like you miss like five chapters, and you're looking at yourself like, oh, man, I feel guilty and ashamed, and I'm not following Jesus closely. You're complete in him. You read your Bible because you love God. We come to church because we love Jesus. You serve in ministry because you love Jesus. You be a great father. This is today's Father's Day because you love Jesus. You discipline your kids because you love Jesus. You love your wife unconditionally as much as you can. Because you love Jesus. So Paul is trying to tell these guys, guys, Epaphras came to you with a simple message of Jesus Christ. The gospel, if you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and seals you until that day of redemption. The Holy Spirit walks with you. That's why it baffles me when I'm... I know people in my sphere of influence, in my walk in the past 20 years that I've been walking with Jesus that are no longer with Jesus. They're no longer walking with him. And I'm like, and then you got to stand on what God says. He seals you with his Holy Spirit. It's by faith we come to Jesus. And that faith Jesus gives to each and every one of us that we come to him. So our whole salvation process, how we come to salvation, is through Jesus. It's nothing of our own doing, right? It's nothing that we can do, guys. And Paul is telling these guys, why are you guys going back from following Jesus? And the reason why I kind of chose this message today is because I'm going to bring it to the fathers when we close. is because we're living in such a time where we're living in this COVID thing, the pandemic. We're living in times where we're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. We're living in a time where we don't know if we're going to have jobs because they may shut down the place of employment where we work, we live in a time of confusion where our government really doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, they can say we know what we're doing, but you get different, different views, different answers from who is speaking. And so we have all this information coming at us here in 2020, and we're trying to look for answers. I want to encourage you. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we look to answers in the word of God. And I pray that you would understand and know that 
as we go through the Word of God this morning. So my goal this morning is to really understand the preeminence of Christ, that Christ plus nothing is all you need. And we're going to see that as we go through the book of, as we go through Colossians chapter 3. So if you're in, like in Colossians chapter 1, Paul tells them, your faith came to you in, by Christ. Epaphras came to you, he preached Jesus, and he told them that Jesus is supreme over all things, over all rulers. In your past, Jesus was supreme over everything that you've ever experienced in the past. And you think, I think about the, the Colossian church and I think about their background. These people had many, many different gods. They had many different ways of them trying to worship God without knowing the true way. So Paul tells them in chapter 1 that Jesus is the only way, that Jesus is above anything that you guys ever saw, anything that you guys will ever experience. And then he warns them not to go back to their old way of trying to worship God. So in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 18, Paul is telling them, guys, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven, on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities of powers, all things were created through him and for him. We can think about 2020, we're in a pandemic, there's many kingdoms throughout the world, and the U.S. is a kingdom, the U.S. is, I mean, we look at it, there's kingdoms throughout the world that are just, don't have answers for people. And as believers, we have to think that Jesus is above everything that's going on right now. We may not understand everything fully, but as believers, our solid foundation should be in Jesus. In Colossians 1.17, he says, And Jesus is before all things, and in him all things consist. And not only that, Jesus is the head of the body, the church, which was a mystery to everyone until the gospel came through Paul to explain the mystery that God had, which was his church. And Jesus is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. And then he tells them, I, me, myself, I'm Paul, I'm in prison. And you could think, if I'm in prison, I wouldn't feel so enthusiastic, feel like there's a joyful outcome. But Paul has a centered mind on where he's headed. He's trying to tell people about Jesus, and he says, I suffer, I sit here in prison, and I'm joyful because I get to relate the gospel back to you guys. Everything that I go through as an apostle of Jesus Christ, the things that I suffer, the shipwreck, the beatings, everything, I gladly go through it because the gospel, which is Jesus, is getting out to you guys. And so he's telling them that at the end of verse 1. And now let's go to chapter 2. We'll just glimpse through that. Then I really want to hit chapter 3 of where we're less, our lesson's at. So Paul is concerned that the Colossian church is going back to their old way of thinking. And he tells them, for I want you to know that a great conflict I have for you and for those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, attaining all riches of the fullness, assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. In Jesus were hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he says to them, lest anyone should be deceived. So he's telling them, guys, we brought Jesus to you. Jesus plus nothing is everything. But yet, do not be deceived. He's telling us, He's telling these guys back then, way back then, don't be deceived. Don't go back to your old ways. 
And we can see deception throughout our, our world today. And he says in Colossians 2 4, it says, Now, now that now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see the Lord. And this is the key verses in Colossians. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7, it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in Jesus and established in the faith. You have been taught abounding in it with all thanksgiving. And he warns them in chapter, now Paul's going to give four warnings, right? Colossians 2, verse 8, this is the first warning, the warning against philosophy. The warning against philosophy. Philosophy is a way of thinking about the world, the universe, and society. It works by asking very basic questions about the nature of human thought, the nature of the universe, and the connections between them. The ideas in philosophy are often general and abstract. I mean, I can go out and be a philosopher and, like, lead many people. I'm the coming of. And we see that people are strayed by different things, by different people, and that's why people follow people that perceive they have a special understanding or cult. That's why we have many different... I want to really be careful. I want to, that's why we have Jesus and then we have everything else. I mean, we look in our world... There's a lot of other congregations or a lot of other religions that look just like Christianity. But when you get down to it, Jesus is not the center of it. And so Paul is warning them about the world's philosophy, about the world's view. He says, between beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. He said, guys, be really aware of who you give your mind and heart to because you could end up being deceived. You could end up leaving Jesus for this higher thing that somebody else is trying to, hey, I've got special knowledge. Come and follow me. You know, you're, uh, a, you're one of the elite Christians, and I'm not going to go through the different religions throughout the world where it's so close to, re, to, uh, to Christianity, Christianity, but it's man's philosophy. It's this world's view of how they get to God. And then Paul, in chapter 2, verse 9, he says, For in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So Paul is warning them against philosophy, the world's view. And then he warns them about going back, because you've got to understand, this audience probably had some Jewish people in there. They were coming in there, and they said, Yeah, Jesus came through the Jews and now they're trying to add rules and regulation, what we can eat, how we come to worship, how we have these traditions. They're trying to mix all these things because it looks good. But it's not Jesus. It's Jesus plus we do these rituals. It's Jesus plus we go back to the Jewish way of doing things. And he's reminding them in, in uh, Colossians 2.11, In him, in Jesus, you were circumcised with the circum circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. He's telling them that no law, no ritual, no tradition can bring you to God except for Jesus Christ through faith. And then I'm just sitting, I'm probably one of the audience like, you know, I'm a, you know, I put myself 
I'm a Jewish person in the audience Paul is talking to in Colossae. And I'm like, well, what about all the stuff that we've done? What about the law, the Torah? What about all the ceremonies? What about the, the Sabbath? What about all these things? It was before. Those were a shadow of the things to come. Jesus completed all those things. And Paul's reminding them, don't go back to the way. Don't go back to those things because the law kills, but Jesus saves. None of us can't keep the law. You want to go back to the law? Have we followed the law? Who's broken the law? We all have. If you break one law, you've broken them all. Guilty. And the Jews couldn't follow the law. And I'm thinking about, I'm a Jew, I'm sitting in the audience, I'm thinking about God called them out of Egypt. They were in the wilderness. God gave them the law, the Ten Commandments. God told them, you guys want to follow me? This is how you do it. They couldn't keep it. Not the most religious person in the Jewish community. They can't keep it, and we can't. They may keep it on the outside, but their hearts were evil and far from God. Sorry, I got to take these off. I'm like, my oldness is coming out. So Paul's telling them, you guys were dead in your trespasses. You couldn't keep the law. Jesus had to come and fulfill the law, and now you want to go back to try to earn your way, earn your salvation. Are you guys crazy? Are you guys crazy? You don't want to mix all these things with Jesus. He says the old system, the law, the tradition, all, your, the, all the ceremonies, those are all done away with. We don't have to keep those things because you can't. It's like us as believers, right? The reason why we do these things, our motivation is our love for our Savior. That's our motivation. Paul's trying to make them understand, you guys are trying to add things on when Jesus is the answer. You guys are trying to add these things on. And he says, don't do that. And then he goes down in Colossians chapter 2, verse 18, he says, and now he's warning them about angel worship, demonic powers, false gods. In chapter 2, verse 18, he says, let no one cheat you or deceit you. There's that another word, deceit. This is the first one, the second. This is the third warning that Paul gives them. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, including into those things which he has not seen. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments. Grows with the increase that is from God. So God, so Paul's telling them, even if an angel comes to you and they're much more spiritual than you, if they don't have Jesus as the message, that's a lie, and you're being deceived. Run from it. And then he warns them about Colossians chapter 2, verse 20, about asceticism. So what this is is the teaching that a person can attain a high spiritual and moral state by practicing self-denial, self-mortification, and the like, rigorous self-denial, extreme abstinence. And we see that. We see that in other religions. If I abstain from these things, I'm in a higher plane of power. I'm in a higher state of consciousness because I'm abstained from these things. Because I'm away from what can hinder my spiritual being. And we can look at the world's religion, and that's what we're all trying to attain to. Is that, that's what false religion is trying to attain a higher state of power. In Colossians 2.20, it says, Therefore, if you died with Christ, now Paul's 
Paul's trying to nail it in here. He says, therefore, Colossian church, Lubbock church, Calvary chapel, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which, which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. Because why? Because these things indeed have an appearance, they look good, of wisdom and self-imposed religion, but it's false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against indulgence of the flesh. So Paul is warning them, you're trying to find your way to God by abstaining from these things, which is good to abstain from certain things that the Bible says it's a sin, but you're trying to earn, you're trying to work your way up to me, to the Father, and you're putting Jesus on the side, and you're trying to do all these works. God, I bring you all my works. And what does God say about our works? Your works is like filthy rags. Our best works are filthy rags without Jesus involved. Our best thing that we can do without Jesus, they're filthy. Finding your own way to satisfy the need and void that only God, Jesus, can fill. Apart from Jesus, it's all void and empty. And we know somebody who experienced that in the Bible. Solomon, right? Solomon, the richest man in the world of his day, probably if you put him in today's economy, he would be the richest man of today. Yet this guy went and fulfilled everything and anything that his flesh wanted. He wanted sex. He wanted women. He wanted money. He wanted gold. He wanted esteem. He had all those things 10 times over, 100 times over. And yet at the end of his life, he said, all these things that I try to pursue, they're all empty and vain because... Jesus is missing. God the Father is missing. It's like, a, think of your walk. Think, I, and then I had to go back to my walk, and I'm looking like, man, all these things I try to build up, which those things, things are good to be, I mean, as believers, we should be the best citizens of the United States that, we, that has ever been in the U.S., right? As believers, You should be the best worker. You should be the first one to show up, the last to leave. If you're a boss, you should be the best boss. You should be understanding. If you're a father, you should be the best best father because our motivation is Jesus. Doing all those things without Jesus, now you're missing the mark. Now we're missing the mark, guys. We can show up to church. We can go to Bible studies. We can uh, listen to worship music. All those things are good. But if you are missing Jesus, what's the point? What is the point for us showing up? And now we move into Colossians 3. This is where I'm going to hit hard and go home with it because it's 1057 right now. And now Paul comes out. He's telling them, I brought, we brought you the gospel. It's Jesus plus nothing. And now I'm warning you about these things. And now he goes, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, If then, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. I'm asking you this morning, church, Calvary Chapel, those watching, if then... Paul is asking these guys, are you guys saved? Do you belong to God? If then, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Don't seek the things in chapter 2. Don't seek men's philosophy, the men's world of looking at things. Don't seek uh, spiritual powers, special angels or people who are so-called apostles that come in and they're like highly spiritual people. Don't, don't seek those things where, where you're trying to earn your way to God by not doing certain things and then your rules and regulations becomes your God. Paul's telling them, if then, if you are a believer this morning, seek 
the things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. He says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. I'm thinking about the experience of 2020. So we come in in 2020, everything's looking good. Everybody's living their life. And then, bam, we go through this pandemic. The world goes crazy. The hospitals are filled. People are dying left and right, which they still are. And what are we seeking as believers? We're seeking for answers. We're like, what's going on? And we're trying to seek these answers in our own strength. And we're trying to seek it with our own way of thinking. And we're not seeking God. God gives us peace. God gives us power to overcome these things. When the world is crazy, God is in control. And Paul says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died. Colossian church, you guys died. Calvary Chapel, if you're a believer this morning, you died. You died when Jesus died. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. Ain't that awesome? When your life, when people, when people look at you and you're different, the hidden is Christ that comes out in your sphere of influence. The thing that's different about you is Jesus. And sometimes people could just look at you. They don't know you're a believer, but they just look at your life and your life speaks volume that you belong to God. Your life is what people really look at, especially right now, guys. If we're believers, if we're followers of Jesus, and Jesus tells us that we, are, we belong to him, why do we worry about things that we cannot control? Why do, we, why do we look for answers from the government? Why do we look for answers from the world? When Jesus says, You're, I'm all you need, you guys need to look to me. This life is so but temporary. 100 years from now, as Pastor Ben always says, none of us ain't going to be here. Where are you going to be at eternally? Where are you going to be at? You guys watching, where are you going to be at? You ain't promised tomorrow. I'm not promised tomorrow. This year alone, we saw, we went to two funerals. We're seeing people die left and right. And we're so concerned about ourselves. It's like, what more stuff can I get? One more thing, I put in more hours, get more money, get more of this, more of this. We consume everything, but we forget that our life is hidden in Jesus. So Paul is trying to stress to these guys, guys, you belong to God, you're different. Quit chasing rabbits. Quit chasing all these other things because Jesus is it. And then he goes on in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. He says, therefore, you're a believer, right? You belong to Jesus. Therefore, put to death. Listen to this, guys. This is hard to take. If you're a Christian this morning, you're playing with sin. You're playing with fire. Quit it. There are sins that we know that we do. We need to stop. Every heart in here knows what we struggle. You guys know what you struggle with. I know what I struggle with. There are sins that we entertain. There are sins that we, we go to the line and we jump the line. We come back. You feel guilty. You jump the line. You come back. You feel guilty. You play with it. You play with it. Eventually, you will get burned because it's sin. And God tells you don't do those things because they're wrong. They're going to hurt you. They're going to hurt the people that you love. And he says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. And here it is. These, now, as Paul goes through this, this relates to sexual immorality. He says, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. idolatry fornication, sex, anything sex. And you Think about this. He's writing to people of long ago where we don't have the technology that we have. We don't have the communication. We're not so easily accessible to the sin of sexual immorality the way that we do now. It's no wonder the teenagers are getting pregnant, that peep, that families are destroyed. The divorce rate in the church is up. What do we look like? We don't belong to this world. 
And Paul's telling these guys, put to death. That means dead. That means dead. Put to death. Now we all come to Jesus. We're all broken people. We all come to him. The grace that he has for us. And he's telling them, now you guys have been renewed in Jesus. Now here's how you put rubber to the road. And this is how your life should look should look like. He says, put to death these things. Isn't this what the world looks like today? Sexual immorality is rampant throughout this world. You and I know that. It's pushed on us from every media level. I love watching sports, but you watch sports and it's the sexual things that 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 are bombarded because it wasn't new then, it's not new now. God knows sexual immorality will destroy the family of God. And I'm encouraging you as fathers, husbands, as those who lead their families, myself included, we need to take really serious inventory of that stuff. You play with it, you will get burned. You play with it, come to Jesus, God, I confess I struggle here. Heal me. Give me the power to overcome this sin because it destroys people. And then in verse 3, 6, he says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And once you yourselves once walked and you lived in them, He's telling them, you guys used to be like this. You used to practice these things. But now Jesus has come into your life. You are living in the light. Now act like children of the light. Put away these things. Kill them. Don't even entertain them. Colossians 3, 8, he says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. And now he goes, you know what? You shouldn't be, your character shouldn't be involved in these. Put these to death. And then he goes, Now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy, language out of your mouth. I mean, those are just, you know, when I look at a Christian, there's a, at a believer, a brother or sister of Christ, there's a way that we should be living our lives as pleasing to God. And if we practice these things, I mean, if we're angry all the time, if we're bitter, and we have bitterness towards other people, towards other believers that have done us wrong, we need to check those at the door and bring it to God so you can get healed from it because bitterness kills. I mean, there's people that did me wrong in the past that you just come to God, God, and you're healed from it. God heals you. He washes you. You may never speak to that person again, but in your heart, it's dealt with. It's dealt with. Right? In your heart, it's done. He says, put off those things. Put off those things. Colossians 3, 9. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. We are image bearers of Jesus. Guys, we have to... We should be living our lives in the way that represents God, where people, because I'm tired of people, I'm tired of this world blaming God for everything. <laughs> when it's people who sin, people who are, are evil towards one another, and we want to blame God for everything that goes on in this world. Why did God do this? Why did God do this? Why did God even make you? Why are you even breathing the air that he has? <laughs> You know, we are to be image bearers of Jesus Christ while we're here on earth. And then 3.11 says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all for those who come to him in his one true church, the church that belongs to Jesus.
So, I'm reading this and I'm thinking about, look at our world, our country right now. There is so much hate. And then we could, we, we classify ourselves in these different groups. Black lives do matter. White lives matter. Brown lives matter. If you're kind of yellow, you matter. When we come to Jesus, above all else, you're a follower of God. You're a child of God. And then everything else, all your, your, what, what, your nationality, the language that you speak, the food that you like, the people that you associate with, everything else is secondary. The family of God is universal. And sometimes, being here in West Texas, there's not many Samoans, which I am Samoan. There's not many Samoans here in West Texas where I can go and have like, oh man, we do the Samoan things, the, the cookouts, and you can't do that here. So I'm here in West Texas where I'm totally out of my nature. I'm like a fish out of water. And I've been here since 2004. So I can call myself a Lubbockite or I guess a West Texas. So we look at today's country, we look at the riots. And we think to ourselves, why are people rioting? We have a racial thing that's going on in this country. Paul says here, I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're white. First and foremost, you're a child of God. And then you're Samoan. And then you're Hispanic. And then you're Italian. And then you're Cuban. And then whatever else. And then you're whatever language. Ain't God wonderful? He made all of us different. It's like going to the, uh, getting ice cream. You have a thousand ice cream flavors. Can you imagine just eating vanilla all the time? I would be so sick of vanilla. Or eating chocolate all the time. Oh, chocolate. Or whatever, bubble gum, bubble gum flavor all the time. God is so wonderful that he's gifted every single one of us differently. And I thank God for every one of you. I thank God for my lighter side brothers and sisters. Thank God for my Hispanic pastor background. But above all, we're a child of God. So Paul's telling them, y'all are the same in God's eyes. In 3.12, we're going to close it here. 3.12, he says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Ain't that wonderful? It's like we as the church should be the first ones I mean, there should be peace and love. I mean, I'm not, not trying to sound like a hippie, but there should be really peace and love and joy in our walks with God. And then Paul in verse 14 says, but above all these things, guys, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So he's telling us to put on love. Because we can put off, we can put on and look like everyday people of the world, or we can choose, we can choose, guys, because it's your choice. We can choose to love one another and treat, with, treat one another with kindness and love, because that's what the world is missing today. And the source of that is Jesus Christ.
So this message this morning, I pray you are encouraged and challenged, as well as myself. And for the fathers, happy Father's Day. Fathers. Fathers, listen here. If you're a father, if you're a husband, we have a responsibility to lead our families. And some of us are not doing a very good job doing that. I'm talking in general. There's things I can improve on. There's things you can improve on. Why? Put on love because it glorifies God. Amen? Let's pray and we'll close out. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us, God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you, Father, that salvation is through a person, and his name is Jesus. And sometimes as a believer, I forget that, God. I forget that Jesus is enough. We find our contentment in him. I pray that you would help us in our weaknesses, in our struggles, God, that you would empower us through the Holy Spirit to live our lives, that we would put off the old ways that we would choose to put on and clothe ourselves with Jesus and his love, that others may see throughout this world that we belong to him and give glory to you, Father. I pray for all those who are listening and watching and for us here that's attending God. If we've been far from you, you're right there with us. Thank you that we are complete in you that there's nothing we can do to add more joy, more hope, because you've given us everything that we need. And so I'm so grateful. Thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here, those who are watching. Encourage us this week. Help us to live our lives to please you. In Jesus' name, I pray all these things. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.